In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Sometimes there's a word of scripture that speaks to our heart in a very special way. This from the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. It's a joy to see you all again and to be back here in the pulpit of Trinity Cathedral. For all of the years that we shared together, and the great work that we were able to do. I remember, first of all, the great joy and laughter and fun we had. I remember also being with you in times that were very difficult and very painful, and yet together that was a great time of growing for me and a time that this cathedral was a shining light in so many ways. It is, of course, a privilege always to be a part of this historic building and the legacy of Bishop Pierce and all of those who through the years have built this place into a joyful, wonderful witness to the gospel. You see, Bishop Pierce, uh, well, one of the things I learned when I went to Trinity Church New Orleans is that Bishop Pierce was actually an interim rector at Trinity Church in New Orleans in 18, I think, 54. Uh, they called him down to uh, because the founding rector had uh, left, and he came, and they gave him a year's contract, and after six months, they said, well, there's really no need for you to continue on. <laughs> <coughs> we all change and grow, and by the time he got here, he was much better at his work, apparently. But <laughs> when he came up on this hill to build the cathedral, it was his great vision that this place would be, first of all, a center for worship and prayer. It would be shaped by the services of the uh, Book of Common Prayer, but known for the times that we, the people of God, would be soaked in Scripture, that we would be soaked in a sense of our prayerfulness, soaked in a sense of worshiping God together, and that that would be the source of the molding of the people here to be a source of a, a beginning of mission into the community and the diocese around. It was not to be a place that competed with other churches, but rather a place that aided and helped all of the people of God find their way. The wonderful image of the center and heart of who we are is, first of all, to acknowledge God, that you are God and we are not. I am not. First of all, to know that there's a higher power that rules and governs and loves us and wants to be a part of our life and our work. And that from that central, strong understanding of God's presence with us would flow out into the world around like the river flowing from the uh, altar in the temple in the book of Ezekiel, that wonderful image of flowing out to give life to the world. It would be a center of education so that the gospel could be preached clearly and the word of God be a part of the people's work and life. It would also be a center where clergy and others would, by the way, uh, Bishop Pierce's vision was that there would be a dormitory here for clergy. I can't think of anything more awful. That one was quickly <laughs> thrown away. But no, nothing personal, guy, uh, but at any rate, uh, that it would be a, a center where they would go out and help other parishes and people 
to make sure not only that the service of God were uh, proclaimed in all of the small towns and places of Arkansas, but the people of God would be equipped and encouraged to feed the hungry and clothe the naked, to visit those in prison and the sick, that it would be a place of service from this wonderful building into the world. That has been its joy and its crown. And it has always been that when those things were remembered, the, the cathedral parish and the people here would prosper. It is, of course, when you forget those things, when you get distracted by the confusions and differences of the world, when we begin to compete about who is right and who is wrong and who has control, that suddenly the whole thing just falls apart. Today, we get to the end of the long uh, 22nd chapter of Matthew's Gospel, which is all about the contentiousness between Jesus and the religious and political authorities of his day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians, oh mercy, all of them, came together because suddenly this man Jesus was beginning to make their control and their power seem less and less. And so they began to ask him tricky questions so that they might find some way to convict him of blasphemy or, or treason or something along that line. For those of us who are preachers, this is a long month. But when we get to this point, they get down to the bottom line. And it's a wonderful moment because they come to Jesus and they say, okay, all of the law and all of the prophets and all of the teachings, what's the most important one? When you get down to it, what's the most important commandment? And without thinking, Jesus quotes from the book of Leviticus, and he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the second one, which is just like it is and flows from it, is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And they knew immediately that he had answered not only wisely, but correctly. And that all the confusion of their life and all the ways they were trying to trick each other and him was nothing when you suddenly remember, my job is to love God and be loved by God. Out of that love will flow a love for all humanity in its brokenness, in its weakness, in its absolute wrongheadedness. That will be the thing that I leave into the world to be there with the people of God and to encourage and assist and be a part of their life. What an incredible thing. Then he kind of turns to him and he says, now while we're here, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> and remember, these are people that are totally uh, skilled and learned in the law and in the scripture and the way of disputation among the rabbis, and they know all of the ins and outs <coughs> of how to make a great argument and how to make sure that you win uh, your argument. And so he asks them a question from Psalms. And he says, now in there it says, the Lord says to my Lord, I will put everything under your feet. Who are they talking about there? Well, it's a terrible thing when you say, let's see, my mother used to say, when you're hoisted on your own petard, and they have their very tricks and their very wisdom suddenly finds themselves in a place that they cannot get out of. There's no way out of it except the way of love. And to understand that the word of God is poetry. The word of God is praise. 
The word of God is lifting us into the presence of the Almighty whose wisdom and whose thoughts and whose purposes are far beyond our understanding. When you get there, suddenly it all drops away. And in that moment, you can know the peace of God and the strength of God and the guidance that God alone can give. Years ago, my younger son, God bless him, decided that it was not good for me to not have a dog. And so he gave me a dog. In spite of Mary Beth's total, complete telling him, don't do that, he did. Because what he gave me was a Jack Russell. Now, I don't recommend that as a gift for anyone. <laughs> because, but because it was a gift, uh, we have learned to love and live with each other, and that's a good thing. And at 12, 13 years old now, she's beginning to slow down. But one of the things I remember vividly about uh, uh, Jack Russell's is watching one of these uh, agility trials that they have in England. And it's a wonderful thing to watch them. They're quick and cute little dogs, and they just jump all over everywhere. And they go over things and under things and run down away and up in a maze and that kind of thing. The only problem is the last thing they have to do in this agility thing is to get through a haystack, you know, a, a haystack that has a, a, a pipe in it. And all they've got to do is run through that pipe. But every time they let those little devils loose, they would get right to that haystack and start fighting about who was going to get through first. And it totally stopped the entire operation. What Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were there is, look what you've done. You've made it so complicated that you can't get to the purpose of God's grace in your life. You've made it so much that you want to be right that you're keeping everybody from seeing the joy and love and power of God's Spirit in your very midst. Sisters and brothers, this Sunday is Commitment Sunday here at Trinity Cathedral. It gives us a moment to say, okay, I want to stop all of this mess, and I want to do God's calling for us in this place, to be not only a beautiful building and a place of solace and hope for all who come in, and the, to be a truly a house of prayer for all people, but I also want to be a part of the witness of God far outside of this place, working with other denominations and races and creeds to find the peace of God and make that a part of our community. I want to work in from this place to make sure that all of the children of God have the strength and the, the uh, clothing and the food and the education that they need that we should give because they're our family and they are our children also. I want to be a part of a witness to a higher calling of the people of God to live not only in harmony, but with respect for every human being. And I want to live in a place that gives itself for the service of God, to make our community a better place. In the words of Dr. King, I want to see the beloved community living and present in this very place and do to be a part of the great work that is there. It's a privilege to be back here with you all one of the things that has happened in my life is I'm now retired. And that's one of the most graceful places, God bless the church pension fund, I just want to say that, uh, <laughs> that I can be. 
I work part-time at a little church in Selma, Alabama, St. Paul's, the wonderful young rector who's there. And he said to me, well, uh, we, we don't have very much money and we, we can't pay you uh, what you're worth. And I said, well, that's certainly true. <laughs> <laughs> but the joy of this is I get to do it. I've retained my am- or returned to my amateur status. I get to do this out of love. And on the days that I need a little extra rest and sleep, I can do that too. But when I come, know that I come because I want to be there and I want to do what God's work is for us in this place. And I think that's the most gracious and grace-filled life that we can possibly do. When you put your pledge into the bowl here today, or I hope you've sent it in, or maybe uh, you'll have it at another time, do it out of love, out of grace, because I want to. Because God has loved me, and I've found the power of a community of faith. I want to do this out of the love of God so that the world will be a better place. If you're not a member of Trinity Cathedral, go home and make a pledge to your church and double it because they need it too. But to be here is a privilege today out of love, God's love, for you and for me and for all the world. In his name. Amen.